Hey there, it's Dr. Sophia Satterwhite, founder and CEO of She Heals the World. I'm so happy that you are tuning in to today's episode to hear the top lifestyle and business tips from women entrepreneurs all around the globe. If you found this show helpful, be sure to share it with a friend. That's how our community grows. Today's guest is coming up next. Hey everybody, welcome to the She Heals the World talk show. So today I am so excited to have a fabulous guest joining us, Clementine Dizzo. She is the founder of a project called the All Women Project, and she's a model. She's going to talk to us today about how to get comfortable being uncomfortable and showing up as your authentic self on social media. Clem, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So happy to have you. So can you first tell us about your project and then also give us some insight about what it was like becoming a model? Sure. Well, the All Women Project started probably about five years ago now um, in a time where body positivity was a word, but it was still very um, unknown what it really meant when it came to brand and press and the beauty industry. So we started the project originally just to prove people that um, all kinds of women could belong in the same project on the same images at different sizes, different colors, different ages, and all look gorgeous and Vogue worthy. So when we created it, that was our thing. We wanted it to be Vogue worthy, but we never really thought they would end up in Vogue ever. But it did, and that was our first campaign, and it kind of went viral, ended up in Vogue, Teen Vogue, Cosmo, everywhere around the world, and that's when we started thinking, oh, okay, like, people want to see that, like, women want to see that, we're not the only one to crave that kind of images that are not retouched, that are real, that show women together, and so we kind of um, just kept going in that route of creating beautiful, diverse campaign representing all women and in the process of turning into a charity we also developed some local groups and chapter all across the country before covid um, when women were able to meet every month we organized some um, speakers for them to see and come here um, we had some workshops um, some roundtables all kinds of things for them every month and it was just an opportunity to just bond and support each other and be there and talk about everything woman related um we also have like a great um page online on instagram our website everything is geared toward inspiration motivation um for self-love self-acceptance so that's that's pretty much what we do um and yeah that started about five years ago and it's been it's been going on all this time and we have partnered with Many brands like Aerie, Nike, and many others to create um, beautiful campaigns that are highlighting representation and diversity. Um, and then today, well, it's been a tough year for us. <laughs> I won't lie. Uh, COVID made it extremely hard. Um, and we got hacked uh, right before COVID in February um, 2020. Mm-hmm. So COVID just made it harder, like, you know, like, no partnership, no nothing. So it was it was really tough. We had to rebuild our own platform. Uh, but it was great. I think we rebuilt it better than before. And uh, we're just ready for those vaccines to come out so we can all meet again and um, jumpstart our local group and have women meet in real life again. So we're really excited about that. 
That is amazing. So can you give us a little bit more insight about what it was like getting started as a model? Um, my journey, oh my God, it feels like forever ago now. Um, well, I'm 32 today. When I was 19, uh, I had my first internship in Paris. I was in business school and I had to go to Paris for my first internship and it was not paid. Um, France, most internships are not paid. So um, I was looking for other ways to make money. And I've heard of that uh, small agency that had recently started representing um, plus size girls. So I sent like some old photos that I did like two years before that. And um, I was like, hey, like, would love to model with you guys. And a couple of days later, they called me back and um, I signed my first contract. And I started doing like little jobs here and there while I was in Paris. But it was very, um, I, I never thought of it ever as a career. It was always just something that was fun and that was helping me a bit with my self-acceptance journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just I just kept doing that on the side and just, you know, making a little bit of money and thinking it was fun. And then uh, it kind of got a little bit more serious. I started getting uh, requests from agencies abroad to represent me. And um, a lot of photographers like wanted to work with me. And so I was like, oh, that, that's, that's cool. Like maybe there's something there. And then I got this casting for, it was like the, the first uh, plus size only retailer opening in France. So they were selling clothes for... 42 plus so that's like 12 plus u.s sizes mm-hmm. and it was the first ever so it was a big deal and i was really excited and they had me dancing on single lady for the casting in my bodysuit and i was like oh that's my thing like that's that's what i do i love dancing <laughs> i love beyonce i was like i got this and i um, so excited i forgot to shave my legs for the casting <laughs> And uh, I remember getting there and, you know, like killing the casting, like dancing, sweating, just going crazy all, all for it. And then they were like, we loved you. But like, do you think if you get booked, you could shave your legs? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that's my first casting. I was like, oh, yes. Oh, my God. I'm so, I was so embarrassed. I was like, of course. Like, I didn't even know it was like an underwear thing. So I didn't even think I would take my pants off. So I didn't even shave my legs. Uh, anyway, I was like awfully embarrassed but I got the job and I shaved my legs <laughs> and anyway a few months like fast forward a few months um I actually moved to Miami before the TV commercial came out mm-hmm. and it was my first month here in Miami back in 2011 when it came out and it was like the biggest thing ever everybody was like shocked to see a fat girl on TV dancing in her bodysuit and that was a whole thing. Like a lot of people had a lot to say about it um, mm. in France. It was never seen before. Fat girl on TV was just a thing that never happened. And mm. yeah, it was, I mean, I got a lot of support from women, you know, saying like, oh, I feel so good to see someone like us on TV, like some like representation. I feel seen. And so, but also like awful awful like articles and saying that I was promoting obesity that I was everything that was wrong with this country blah 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 Mm -hmm. um so it was very a mixed bag let's say so it kind of gave me like my first taste of what it feels to be representing women and yeah to understand how it makes them feel because I, I I kind of knew before I mean I had ideas but I've I never was 
the subject of them feeling represented. Mm -hmm. So it was my first time feeling that wave and it was so awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really what made me want to turn this into actually my full-time like career plan because I was like, if I can make women feel like that all the time by just being myself and literally dancing in my underwear, yeah. uh, then that's what I want to do because it's fun and it's awesome to be able to have that power and to make people feel so good about themselves. So that's when I started my journey, really. Um, after that commercial came out, I was already here um, and I had just signed with an agency in the U.S. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So I stayed in Miami for about a year. And after that, I moved to New York because that's, you know, that's where it's at. So in 2012, I moved to New York and I was there until last year, um, just trying to make modeling my my full time gig. And it worked out about, you know, in 2013, I could already like pretty much live out of it fully. Um, and a couple of years later, that's when I started the album and project because I, I had been in the industry for a couple of years and I felt like so much was wrong with it and so much was missing. And um, I just wanted to do more about it. Yeah. Do you think that Instagram has hurt or helped, I guess, the modeling industry as a whole? Uh, I think Instagram is, oh, it, it, you know, it's hard to say, but I think it's definitely the best thing that happened to the industry because before models were limited to their looks um we didn't know who they were what they were standing for um anything really about them besides their picture on a piece of paper but now with instagram everybody has a voice everybody has opinions everybody is free to promote whatever the hell they want and so that's made a really really big change i think in the world in general but also very much in the industry and also it gave models that were always very dependent on their agents on their entourage people around giving them giving them things whether it's jobs money opportunities now instagram made it an open market like you can get your own jobs you don't need to be signed with an agency to work um you can get in contact with pretty much any brands via dm like it, it's it's a very very different ball game now um and and i think it's been a blessing for everything but especially mm-hmm. the industry, because now we have direct contact with women, with people, yeah. with our and and to me that's the best thing because that's what created such a big change in terms of representation and diversity. Because also people can speak to any leader, any any public personality directly and make sure they get heard. So then we can relay their message out to the brands, out to the public, out to the media, out to the press. Like it, it's it's a very interactive relationship, whereas before it was only going one way. And so that's changed a lot because now people get to say what they want to see, how they want to see it. And and that's very powerful. And that's that's very important change in the industry for sure. You mentioned, Clem, when you um, first interviewed for that gig in the beginning and how critical they were with commenting on even the fact that you didn't shave your legs like that can feel really uncomfortable for some people and being online um, even if you don't choose to be a model I almost think that like everybody 
is a model on Instagram. You know, you just kind of, it has to be a part of your brand because people are looking at you to show up and they're looking to see what you represent. And whether you are working with other brands or not, um, you still are showing up in that light. And I'm wondering for the people who feel uncomfortable kind of showing up on social media in that way, whether they are insecure about their weight or they feel like they're not represented well in mainstream media or they just are shy people. Um, What advice do you have for them in terms of how to get comfortable being uncomfortable, especially if they're in a business that requires them to show up and shine? Yeah, it can be a, it can be really challenging. And um, well, first, it's something to consider when you launch anything, who is going to be the face of it. And if it's you, then it's, it's something to think about, because not everybody um, has to be public on social media. And I think there's a, there's a lot to say about keeping private and staying private. And that doesn't mean you don't like yourself. That just means you choose to be private. So that's the first thing to think about when you launch anything. If you decide that you're going to have to be the face, then there's a lot to do. But I would say fake it till you make it is probably what works best. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not going to become fully accepting of yourself and loving every photo you take right away that's just not how it works so you still have to show up right away so I think fake it till you make it is the best thing just look at yourself like you would look at your best friend or you would look at someone that you're coaching for example because you want to look at you want to see the best parts of yourself and you have to be content with that you can start picking yourself down and apart to find what's wrong with you why you shouldn't post this why you're not good enough you really mm-hmm. have to look at yourself like it's someone else until you manage to work on your self acceptance work on your self love enough that you actually like what you see Mm-hmm. And who you see, I think um, it, it's important to see it like that because nobody can just turn on from one day to another and just be super comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a journey. Like it really is. Like it takes time. It takes practice. You're going to have to fake it till you make it. And and that's what I did for me as well. Like, you know, like I, I just feel like at first I, I wasn't confident. I, I, I didn't have like self-love like it. I knew about all of it, but I honestly hated myself and I didn't see anything good when I looked at any picture of me, but I still had to show up and I still had to push it through because I wanted to make it. I wanted to get there to that day that I really think I'm gorgeous and I really think I'm worthy and I really mean what I say. And But at first it wasn't like that. I had to just practice it for a while. And I think that's just you know what it's going to have to do because if you don't do that, then you're not going anywhere and then you don't practice. If you just choose to you know not show up and, and, and not, not use your image to promote, then you're never going to promote and then your brand's not going anywhere. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, yeah. Fake it till you make it. I think it's the best for me. Yes, I love that. I absolutely love that. You have dropped so many gems and I'm dying to know, you know, now that you have been in traditional modeling and you've made a full-time career as a plus size model, um, if you could go back and like see what's happening with Instagram and see where the traditional kind of modeling track brought you, 
which route would you choose? Would you rather go through the Instagram route, being an influencer, collaborating with brands and getting paid that way? Or would you rather sign with a modeling agency and get paid that way? Like what, if you could look back as a new model, which route would you take? Well, to be honest, um, I'm doing both right now. Like I, I work with brands directly for everything social media, and then I work with my agents for everything modeling. And I'm saying that because I don't think you have to choose. Um, mm. in, in, in many ways, like modeling contracts are not exclusive in the way that you can still book your own gigs, um, you can still do your social media, you can do all kinds of things on the side. And, and so I feel like young girls and women that are jumping into their career, I, I don't think they have to choose and I don't think they should. Because I believe in really like diversifying um, your income and your activity. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very important that you do that. Because if something's wrong, whether it's on one side or the other, then you can lose it all. And that's not what you want. And so I think it's, it's very smart and very wise to diversify as much as you can um, your mm-hmm. revenue and your activity. Because then not only you gain experience in so many ways... But also you're safer if something goes wrong, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell them to choose. I would say maybe start with one and then you, maybe you develop the other later. Mm. Um, and in that case, I really do think that social media influencer, if they're able to grow their platform fast, make probably better money and more flexible than models. Mm. And so that's probably where I would start today. Um, I remember when I started my Instagram, it was about eight years ago, something like that. And it was just for fun. Nobody was using it for business. And, um, and I remember like my agency at the time being like, Oh, you shouldn't post. Like you look like you're bored. Like you don't work enough. Like, like, you know, like, and now it's like, Oh, you haven't posted two days. What's going on? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> so, so, you know, I think like things change and I think like using the platforms at your disposal, uh, to make an income and also to use it for good and make change. I think that's that's the most important thing. It doesn't really matter um, where you start. I think wherever the opportunity is, is where you should start. For me, it was with modeling. And then I grew my account over the years. And now I'm able to use both for revenue and, and to put my message out there. But um, but I feel like, you know, whatever opportunity is there, like jump on whatever comes first and just grow from there. Mm, I love that advice. I think that is so helpful, especially when you talked about the flexibility that sometimes being an influencer can provide um, because, you know, the modeling industry, it's still you know somewhat of a rigid schedule. You have to work around your client. And, um, and sometimes when you have contracts, sometimes you may have a little bit more flex room in terms of how you shoot, when you shoot, where you shoot. So that that's a very interesting shift that I think was not available to people several years ago really yeah yeah, absolutely and uh, um as a model like I spent the past year working from home pretty much like Mm -hmm. and I am starting to travel again now and like flying multiple times a week and I'm like oh I didn't miss it (laughs) (laughs) I'm so grateful I'm working but a like working from home like choosing your team and like working 15 minutes away from my house like that's amazing. And I really learned to enjoy that, like forcefully through COVID. And at first, I thought it was awful, but I actually loved working from home. And I think as an influencer, you get that flexibility more often, you don't have to travel as much, it's not as stressful and, and hard in that way on your body. 
Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, both both are right. So if you could look back and give your 10-year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, my God. Um, I probably would tell her to stop worrying so much about everything and to just embrace her body because that's definitely been the biggest like hurdle for me growing up just hating my body so I would just you know sweet talk in her ears so that she would start loving her body earlier and um, and stand up for herself because I just um, you know I, I've yeah, I've taken a lot of shit when I was younger because I was scared and not wanting to, not thinking I was worthy to stand up for myself. And so I wish I had known that I was worthy earlier. Um, but yeah, but other than that, I mean, I had a good life. So I just say, just, you know, do your thing. <laughs> do your thing. How can our audience find and support you? Uh, you can find uh, my charity at the All Woman Project, womanwithax.com. Uh, and on the website, you can find all of our social media pages and information. And then you can find me at Bonjour Femme um, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, website, all of it. Bonjour Femme everywhere. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I look forward to see you guys and interact and talk about, you know, woman stuff. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Clem, and I can't wait to have you back. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S. To learn more about how to live your life by design, grab a freebie at sheheelstheworld.com forward slash freebie.